this morning. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Okay, you'll bear with me as this is the first time I have actually preached in English since a year ago. But, uh, I think I think God will give grace to you as listeners. <laughs> uh, today's message, I'm going to keep it simple, okay? It can be summarized in one word. Actually, a very short word, just two letters. You ready for it? Today's message is the word go. Can you get that? Go. It's a short word, but it's a powerful word when it comes from the mouth of the Almighty God. That word go is part of the Great Commission. Do you remember the Great Commission that Jesus Christ gave us? In Mark 16, verse 15, he said, Go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So this command to go was among the final words of Jesus Christ after his death, burial, and resurrection, just before ascending to heaven. He got his disciples together and he told them to go and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, if we were to rewind about three years in the life of Jesus to the beginning of his ministry, we come to Matthew chapter 9, and that's the text Pastor Ben read just a few minutes ago. We see here in Matthew 9 the heart of God as Jesus looked at this crowd of people. It says that what he saw, he saw that these people were distressed, they were dejected, they were like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And this really messed with his emotions. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. The word choice here indicates that quite literally he felt way down in the pit of his stomach that gut-wrenching feeling of this just isn't right. These people are lost. They're distant from God and they don't have anybody to point them the way. So Jesus gathered some of his followers together as he was feeling this deep compassion for, for the multitudes. And he called them together for a prayer meeting. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, here we are 2,000 years later. And we're still praying to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Has God heard our prayers? Has God answered these prayers uttered by his people over the past 2,000 years? I mean, he was asking his followers to pray that God would send forth laborers. And here we are today, we're still praying that God would send forth laborers. Have you ever prayed that God would send more missionaries? I have. I do often that God would send more laborers into his harvest fields. God 
has answered those prayers. God has sent laborers into his harvest fields. In fact, his answer to those prayers is found in the word go. Because he tells his people, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Going back to that first prayer meeting with his disciples, as soon as they got done praying that God would, that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers, as you read down into the following verses, the beginning of chapter 10, you see that Jesus chose 12 of them and he sent them. He told them, now you guys are going to go. We just prayed that God would send and now you're going to go. To these very same disciples who prayed that God would send somebody to point the people to God, Jesus said, you go. You're the answer to the prayer. Now let's bring that back to home. Henry Blackaby, in his devotional series, Experiencing God, he said, our master commands us to go. We would need permission to stay. God's command for us to go is so crystal clear that we would need specific permission from him in order for us not to go. God has, and he continues to answer that prayer for the need of laborers when he tells his people to go. So if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple, and if you have ever prayed as Jesus taught us to pray, that God would send more laborers into his harvest fields, that his message for you today is to go. So let's unpack this command to go. Uh, what does it mean to you? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, just a few things that this means to us today. First of all, go for us means that you need to be preaching the gospel in your world. You need to be preaching the gospel in your world. Right now, where you are, in your home, in your community, where you work or where you study or among your friends, you need to be preaching the gospel in your world. It's quite obvious that none of us can be in all of the world at one time, but God does have us in the world, and we have a world around us, and where God has us right now, this is where we need to be preaching the gospel. And God can move you, can't he? God can move you from where you are right now to somewhere else. He can move you to a new home in another part of town. Or he can move you from where you live to another city or another state. There's a lot of people around here in Minnesota who God moves to the south every winter. Right? So God does move people. 
whether it be for an extended period of time or for a short period of time. Sometime God, sometimes God moves you just for a holiday when you're going to visit family or friends somewhere else. But that is a move. And every time God moves you, you see a new part of your world with another group of people around you to whom God has sent you to go and preach the gospel. In John chapter 17, we find Jesus praying for his disciples. He prays that they would be united. He prays that they would be sanctified and he prays for their protection in the world. And then guess what? In verse 20, we find Jesus praying for you. He not only prays for those disciples who were with him back then, 2,000 years ago, he prays for you. He says in verse 20 of John 17, he says, I pray not only for these, the disciples who were with him, but for those also which shall believe on me through the word. We are those that he was praying for because we believed in him through the word after that occasion. He was praying for us. And here Jesus is praying for those who would believe in him in the future, for us, for me, for you. And how did Jesus pray for us? In verse 17, he says, I am praying that I am not praying. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. I am not praying that you take them out of the world. Now, just think about that for a minute. Here, Jesus is praying for us, for you. And he says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. In other words, Jesus wants us in the world. He prays specifically to his heavenly father that God would leave us in the world. He sent us to where we are today to preach the gospel. Are you preaching the gospel? You know, maybe the gospel isn't real clear. To you, maybe you really don't know where you should begin. Oh, I know for most of us, we were saved a long, long time ago. But over the years in our Christian experience, the gospel kind of gets muddled with a lot of other good things like church attendance, like all of these other Bible stories, obeying the Ten Commandments, being a good neighbor, and all of these are good things. But sometimes we get all of these things mixed in with the gospel. And so we have all of this biblical and religious information in our heads, and sometimes we forget what the simple gospel is. When Jesus says, preach the gospel, we need to go back constantly and remember what is the gospel. The gospel is the good news, first of all, that God is real and God exists. And God really wants to have a close relationship with his people. The problem is that sin has separated people from God. Everybody, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, you know the verse, don't you? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And the punishment for sin is what? It's death. It's separation from a holy God. We see that in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. So in order for sinners to be restored into fellowship with God, God the Father sent God the Son to this world to become a man. And as a man, he took our punishment for our sin and he died for us. We see that in Romans 5.8. God shows his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, he didn't just die and stay dead. You well know that he, he arose on the third day, conquering sin and death. And now he promises salvation for any and all who will believe in what he did for us. We see that in Romans 10.9. For if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so the question is, are you saved? Have you received this gospel? This is the gospel that we need to be preaching. Now I know there's a lot of other good stuff that I talked about that is important. It's all part of our Christian growth and our Christian experience. Uh, that's probably covered in that other goal of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples. But you can't make disciples until they believe the gospel. So we start there by preaching the gospel to people around us. Now you do understand that when I say preach the gospel, what Jesus meant there was proclaim the gospel. It meant tell or communicate the gospel to those people who are in your world. He's not necessarily expecting every disciple to find a pulpit and stand up here and preach, okay? He's just telling us that it's our job to proclaim, to tell, to talk to people about him and about uh, how he uh, wishes to connect them to God. So that is the gospel. That is the good news. The good news that God is real and God wants to have a close relationship with them and God has provided a way for this to happen through Jesus. That's the simple gospel. Earlier this year, I, I met this speaker at a conference I was at. His name is Dave Ferguson. Dave Ferguson has written several books. Uh, he wrote a book uh, about sharing a, a very practical way on how you can reach your neighbors. Okay, it, it, the, the title of the book is Discover Your Mission Now. Discover your mission now. And in, in his book, Dave Ferguson, he, he, he uses the word bless, okay, uh, to help people reach their neighbors with the gospel. Uh, each letter of the word bless stands for something. It's an acrostic. And it's something real simple. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Okay, so there's B-L-E-S-S. -S. Bless your neighbors with the gospel. And here's how he suggests that you do it. First of all, B, you begin with prayer. You begin with prayer. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your friends. Pray for the people in your world and ask God to direct you specifically 
to that one that he wants you to bless. Okay, so you begin with prayer. And then after God has placed on your heart and brought to your mind that person in your world that you are going to bless, then you go to L. L stands for listen. Okay? Get together with that person and just listen to them. Uh, initially, you're not there to, to just dump the whole, everything on them. You're, you're there to listen to where they are in life. What is their relationship to God? What are their struggles? What are their hurts? What are their joys? Uh, where are they in life? Listen to them. Get to know them so that you can understand the person. That's the L. B-L-E. I like E because E stands for eat. Eat. We Baptists do well at that, don't we? We're going to do that here in just a little while. Eat. Find a time to eat with the person that you are blessing. I, it might be inviting them to your home for hot dogs and s'mores. It might be going to a coffee shop to drink coffee. But there's something about sitting down with a person and actually eating together that breaks down barriers. It's just something, it's really cool, okay? Uh, find an opportunity to eat with that person uh, and, and, and just as an example, how often do we find Jesus in the Gospels eating with sinners? Pretty often, don't you? Uh, he, he did that a lot. Eating is a basic necessity of life, and, and it's just something that we do, everybody does. And so do it with the person that you are seeking to bless. B-L-E-S. The first S stands for serve. Serve. As you discover this person's needs and the situation they are in life, you're going to discover ways in which you can serve this person. Uh, just help them with, 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 with something. Uh, and then you serve this person. Let them know that you're there for them. And the last S is tell your story. S for story. Uh, as to what Jesus is doing in your life. As you go through this process of blessing people in your world, you're actually doing exactly what Jesus told us to do when he said go. Go and preach the gospel. This is a very practical way in our world, in our culture, in our setting, where we can preach the gospel to people by blessing them. So as you, uh, as you go through this process of being a blessing, you are going to be obeying the go of Jesus. So the first implication of go for you is that you need to be preaching the gospel in your world. What else does go mean? Uh, I got something else here. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, you need to know your world. You need to know your world. Now, your world today, in 19, in 2000 and, uh, where are we, 2023, right? Your world today has 195 nations. Did you know that? 195 different nations. In these nations, there are 16,000 different people groups. These people speak over 8,000 different languages. There are almost 8 billion people in the world today. That is 25 times the population of the United States. 
And of these almost 8 billion people, maybe, I think this is a high estimate, but maybe 10% have connected with God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know what that tells us? There are a lot of people in our world who need to hear the gospel. A lot of people. And so get to know your world. It's a big world. Where do you start? You start where you are. You start with your, your community. You start with your neighbors. You start by blessing those who are closest to you. Who are some of the people that God has brought close to you? Do you know your neighbors? Do you know? Have you been a blessing to them? Could you? B-L-E-S-S. -S, them. I find it fascinating how in recent years, God has brought the peoples of the nations to us here. So that we can still send missionaries, but we don't have to go very far to find people of the, of the nations that speak different languages or are of different cultures. So as you seek to reach the peoples in your world, it's interesting for you to just strike up conversations. Do you know what they believe about God? Be open about your relationship with God. Most people are okay with that. Most people are okay with that, and, and, and that will start up a conversation. For example, I see around us right here in Mauer County, I see a lot of Hispanics. Most Hispanics grow up Catholic. Do you know what a Catholic Hispanic believes about God? Have you ever talked to them about it? Uh, there are Burmese, Buddhists here in our county. Do you know what they believe? Maybe those who are closest to you uh, are from... Uh, a Christian cult, like maybe a Mormon. Do you know what a Mormon believes about Jesus? Uh, do you know what a Jehovah's Witness believes about heaven? Uh, these are conversations you, you can have with the people around you as you strike up conversations. And then God open, uses these to lead into opportunities for you to tell them the gospel. And then in, in your world there are still a lot of people around us that are like us. You know, speak English, of European descent, hardworking, good neighbors, family people, uh, maybe even people who call themselves Christian. But many of these right around us are confused about what is the gospel. Just last week, it was, it was really cool, uh, over at Grace Baptist Church in Austin, a, a wonderful family joined the church, a family that I just described, you know, just a family that was born here in Mauer County, grew up here, has lived here all their lives, mom and dad are probably 40-ish, they have three kids, three kids, they shared their testimonies of how just in the last couple of years, they have understood the gospel. And they've been active in their quote-unquote Christian church all their lives. But just now they're understanding the gospel and were recently baptized and joined the church. There's a lot of people around us like in that situation as well. 
Can you not be curious enough to strike up a conversation with these people in your world to find out where they're at? Uh, this is all part of knowing your world to which Jesus has sent us. Another way of getting to know your world in a broader sense is, is, is to get to know your missionaries. And this church has always been a very missions-minded church with a lot of interest and investment in missionaries. And, and we're so happy that we're part of that uh, one of, as one of your missionaries. But get to know better your missionaries in the fields where they serve. Uh, find out what God's doing on those fields. That's another way to get to know your world. I was really, really thrilled this week at the MARBC meetings. A, a brother from the church in Moorhead, uh, he, he got to talking with me. And he, he, he said that every week he prays all around the world as he prays for each of the missionaries that he knows. And he prays specifically for the church in that country where the missionary is, is serving. And he asked some very direct questions about our church and churches in Brazil. He named the, the churches and he named the people that we have mentioned in our prayer letters. And it became obvious to me that he reads our letters. Uh, that really just thrilled my heart that somebody is reading our letters and praying. Uh, that's why we send the prayer letters, okay? Uh, and, and I'm just speaking not for Jim and Julie. I'm speaking for all of us missionaries. We want you as a church to be more aware of your world the broader world out there. And you know, the beautiful thing about knowing your world is that we already know the end of the story. We know what God is going to do. Uh, and and we, know, we know how things are going to turn out for the nations. Over in Revelation 7, verse 9, John tells us, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Can you imagine that scene? It's a heavenly scene. And you could have a part in introducing some of these people from every nation, tribe, and language who are going to be in heaven, worshiping Jesus, the Lamb of God. So, go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You need to be preaching the gospel in your world. You need to know your world. And what other conclusion can we draw from the word go? I have one more, okay? One more for you. You need to be ready to go. You need to be prepared to go. And this might be the hardest. Someone once said, every Christian should have two books. The Bible and a passport. You know why? The Bible so that you can tell people about God. And the passport so you can get to those people. <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that you're living in sin if you don't have a passport, okay? But what I can tell you is that if you don't have a passport, you have just blocked out over 90% of the people in your world that you cannot reach because you can't get to them. Okay, so if you're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, a passport could help. What I can say is that for you to be ready to go, you need to have deep spiritual roots in your relationship with God and shallow roots in your worldly home. Be prepared at any moment to be deployed by God to go 
somewhere else in the world. It could be a long-term move. It could be a vacation. It could be a short visit. But be prepared for God to lead you to just go somewhere where your world is going to be expanded and there's going to be other people around you that before that you would not be able to reach with the gospel. I'm reminded of Abram and Sarah. Remember them? I mean, they were really well settled in their home, close to their family. And then God came to them and said, Abram, I want you to go. I want you to leave your country, leave your people, leave your family, leave your father's household, and you're going to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And aren't we glad that Abram obeyed? And something else about preparing yourself to go. Don't weigh yourself down with the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and other things. To the point that you are unavailable to go when God points you to make a move to some other place. And here I'm reminded of that parable that Jesus told about the seed and the sower. Remember that parable? And the seed fell in various different grounds. I'm particularly interested in that third seed. The third seed fell among the weeds. And the story tells us that the seed sprouted and grew, but it never produced. There was life there, but it never produced. And later on, as Jesus explained that, that parable, he said that the seed is the gospel. And the soil represents people who receive the gospel. And that, that third seed fell in, in, in good soil because it, it had life. It grew. It was green. It had leaves, but it never produced any fruit. And Jesus said why it didn't produce fruit. He said because the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the concern for other things choked the word and it became unfruitful. This third seed represents many, many Christians today. Christians who are genuinely saved, who actually did receive the gospel and understood the gospel and they have spiritual life. But they're not producing. They're not producing anything for eternity because they're not ready to go. They're just bogged down by the cares of this world and by things and by life. And so I ask, are you ready to go? Are you able to go? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Are you preaching the gospel in your world? Are you becoming increasingly aware of your world? And are you, are you ready to go? Today's message is uh, just a simple, short message. Nothing new, but we need to be reminded. And a message that, that can be summarized with just one word is easy to remember, isn't it? Just one word, two letters. But when spoken from the mouth of the Almighty God, it's powerful. Jesus tells us to go. And since Jesus commanded us to go... We would need some very, very special permission from him not to go.
and preach the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful with this direct command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I pray that you would make us aware of our world and the people around us who need to hear the gospel. I pray, Lord, that you would be constantly reminding us of what the gospel is and what it means in our lives today so that we can share it with others around us. We pray these, these things in Jesus' name.